Welcome to the teaching ministry of Dr. Benji Kelly and New Hope Church. We're thrilled you've joined us for this week's podcast. How we doing today, church? You guys doing good? How you, how you like it? How you like it at all the campuses? But check it out. Don't get used to it. People have been like giving me applause and like I walked down the patio today and I thought somebody was going to have a coronary. People start taking out their phones, taking pictures, man. Yeah, I know it's, I know it's not normal, so don't get used to it. Here's the deal. Welcome to all of the campuses, but here's the deal. As soon as I'm done preaching today, my family and I are loading up in the car, heading west, and I am preaching at the church that we went to right out of seminary. It was the church that we went to before I went to Asbury Theological Seminary up in Kentucky to get ready to start this church. It was a church where we spent three incredible years and had three incredible children. And God, twins were in there, so it was a little easier. And God just poured out his spirit and a revival took place in this precious church and they have this very special Sunday every year called Memorial Sunday and it's when they um, they talk about uh, well to be honest with you they talk about cemetery and uh, they talk about um, what it means to run that cemetery back cemetery back behind cemetery cemetery yeah I just did that some people would say seminary is cemetery but I don't believe that And I will get to preach there and then they'll have a big lunch in honor of my family. And we are just so excited to go there today. But I'm so excited to be with you. You guys enjoying the worship concert? At all of our campuses, it is incredible. And while we're talking about worship, let me just say a few things to the campuses. Number one, Garner and Sanford. You blessed this boy and his family. We went out there on Wednesday night, two weeks ago to Sanford. And then this past Wednesday, we went to Garner. And I shall never forget the welcome we received. I shall never forget pulling up to those campuses and seeing the entire campus out on the road welcoming us. I shall never forget enjoying, no exaggeration whatsoever, 90-plus covered dishes. <laughs> Friends, you haven't lived until you've been to a church where they serve 90-plus covered dishes. I am trying my best to increase my mileage in running as a result of the Sanford and the Garner campus. I I shall never forget the worship that we had at those campuses. And here's what I I, I want to look into the camera and say, and and you guys really ought to try to, um, I don't know, maybe vicariously experience this through me. I shall never forget sitting there when the worship was over and my preaching was over and Greeting a line so very long of people and having them share with tears in their eyes, tears rolling down their face, what God is doing through this church. Central, you need to know I'm guilty of this, so I'm, I'm imagining you are. I'm guilty of not really understanding the scope of this movement. I'm guilty of not really understanding that every single Sunday on the other side of that camera, there are nine campuses that are experiencing the word of God and experiencing the gospel and lives are being changed. And I'm telling you, I left Garner and I left Sanford wrecked by the gospel, wrecked by what God is doing 
through this church. I was so honored to sit there and hear your stories and hug every single one of you. And I love you guys. Columbia, I'm coming your way. Don't worry, I'm coming your way later this summer, early fall. North Raleigh, I have so enjoyed being with you uh, here a lot lately on Sundays when I get over there. So would we just, can we just welcome all of the campuses today? Love you guys. One more quick thing. I want you to just bear with me for just a moment, and then I'm just going to talk a little bit about worship, and then we are going to keep worshiping. Everybody, reach into your chairs, campuses. I know you don't have this. Uh, coffee house, you received this, but I want all of you here at Central to reach into your chairs and pull out this white card. Some of you were here last week and you did this, but it was a Memorial Day weekend, so some of you weren't. If you've already filled out this card, this is fine. You don't need to do it again, but I'm asking you to go ahead and fill this out. We are going into a summer schedule. That will start on Father's Day. That is June 15th. It's going to start when, church? Here at Central Campus, we are going to have five worship celebrations. Five. 845, 1045, 1245. Coffee House, 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. What a crowd here at Central for an early morning service. Unbelievable. What I want you guys to do is I want you to mark this card and tell us which worship service you are going to do. do. And if you remember last week, I did offer an encouragement. I did say, hey, if you're kind of open to making a change for the summer and maybe through this time next year, because this time next year something big is going to happen. I'm going to be preaching on that next week. Hope rising. You do not want to miss next Sunday. But we are wanting about 75 people, hear me closely, to go to the 9 a.m. coffee house worship celebration here at Central. We're wanting about 75 people to commit to going to the 11 a.m. coffee house worship celebration at Central. And then our afternoon services are coming into that 1245 service. And you might say, well, how do I, how do I know which service to attend? If you got here late today. If you get here late about 50% of the time. Coffee house will be starting 15 minutes later. We'd love to have you in there. We, would, you, would you consider making a move for us? Would you please? We, we need seats even at our early services. Guests perceive that there's not room for them. I want to look into the cameras right now because this involves you guys. Columbia and North Raleigh, you have services at a 9 and 11 a.m. Your campus pastors tell me it would help them tremendously if a group of you would move down to the 9 a.m. worship celebration so that we had seats at the 11 a.m. worship celebration and the community was more equally dispersed amongst those two services. Sanford, Garner, you have services at 9, 11, and 1. Your campus pastors tell me that it would help tremendously if a group of you would move down to either the 9 a.m. worship celebration or the 1 p.m. worship celebration. These are great problems to have, church. Come on now. These are great problems to have to try to do crowd control and move groups of people. But let it just bless me today before I hit the road. Come on. Who knows what this is all about? Jesus. I guess it's about Jesus. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to a traditional church, which is why I'm dressed like this, right? While in Rome, do his Rome. To, well, in the, I got to tell you a story. You just prompted me. Traditional church, the pastor was down front doing a children's sermon. Y'all remember those? We don't do those, but those are awesome, right? He's doing a children's sermon, and he said to the little precious group of kids gathered around him, he said, what is brown, eats nuts, and has a fluffy tail? Little old freckle-faced boy named Bobby said, 
Sounds like a squirrel, but I'm sure you want me to say Jesus. So thank you, brother. Indirectly, you're right. But hear me, campuses. Hear me, Central. Please, 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 please. This, this might be more important than even what I'm going to say today, but I doubt it. You making adjustments to go to other worship celebrations, putting Christ first in your life and creating seats at our campuses is all about vision. Come on, church. If we don't have parking spaces and we don't have seats, are we going to keep reaching people for Jesus, teaching them the Bible and release fully devoted followers? No. So this Though it might just sound like a pastor just trying to get you to change your little routine. It's actually about vision. And it gives me a chance to say to all of you gathered uh, today, you get that. Many of you have made adjustments at all of our campuses, and so I want to thank you. So would you mark that card? Let us know. We were actually blown away last week. A lot of people have started committing to the coffee houses and the 1245 service here, which is freeing up space in our main worship center. So just fill that out, let us know, and we would be glad to, um, to communicate with you because we will be communicating about uh, your commitment. Let's pray and get into the word. What do you say? Amen? Let's pray. Father, speak through me. Your servants have gathered. They are open. Would you take our minds? Would you think through them? Would you take our hearts and fill through with them? Would you take my lips and speak through them today? For if you do not speak, then absolutely nothing of any significance will have been spoken. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, here's my question to you. Why are you on planet Earth? What is, what is your primary purpose for being on planet Earth? In, in the words of Aristotle, what, what is your ultimate telos or telos? What, what is your ultimate purpose for being on planet Earth? Why are you here? And I preached a few weeks ago about outreach. We are here to share. God leaves us on planet Earth for outreach. But there is actually another biblical mandate that's kind of up there equally with worship, I mean with evangelism. And that is what I want to talk to you about today. It is the subject of worship. How many of you have read the book Purpose Driven Life by Rick Warren? That's what I thought. A ton of you. New York best-selling book for many, many, many years, probably a decade or so now. Do you remember his first sentence in his first chapter of that book? It still sticks with me today. Rick Warren says in his very first sentence, in the very first chapter, in the Purpose Driven Life, it's not about me. It's one of the reasons why that book is just done so well, because it reminds us that this life, the reason that we are here is not about me. Why? Why are you here? I know you wonder that kind of stuff from time to time. The disciples did. They came to Jesus one day and, and you ever just get so much teaching. You're just like, I just want, I just want the footnotes. Just, just, just make it simple. So they come to Jesus and they're like, Jesus, just give me the footnote version. Just, just give it to me simply today. Why are we here? And Jesus says, check it out, in Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven. 37. Why don't you read this out loud with me? Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven. Ready? Go. Love the Lord your God. This is the first and greatest commandment. That was really, really good, but I want to read it one more time a little louder. Ready? Go. Love the Lord your God. This is the first and 
Now, take out your teaching notes. It's on the back of that sheet of paper or write in your Bible. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to circle the word first and greatest. When the disciples came to Jesus and said, hey, man, boil it all down. You're preaching all these complex sermons. I just listened to the Sermon on the Mount. I can't keep up with it all. You're talking in these parables. I don't get it. (laughs) Just make it simple. He said, love the Lord, your God. This is the what? First and the greatest commandment. There's a word for this. Love the Lord, your God. There's a word for it. It's called worship. It's called worship. Hear me, church. If you're a note taker, you want to write this down. My primary purpose in life is to worship God. My primary purpose in life is to worship God. And there are lots of ways to worship God. And worship is not confined to a Sunday morning. Can I hear an amen? Amen. Worship is 24, 7, 365, but make no mistake about it. What you are doing right now and at all of our campuses is primary, key, critical, and paramount. Worshiping with God's people, learning how to love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength. Now flip on over to Romans. We were just in Matthew. Flip on over to Romans because this is the verse that I'm really camping out on for just a few moments today. Romans. Unbelievable passage of scripture. Romans 12, verse 1. I know of no more powerful verse in all of the scripture about worship than this one verse. Let's read it together. Romans 12, 1. Ready? Go. In view of God's great, offer your bodies as living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. Now, since we read the other one twice, come on, it would only make sense that we read this one twice. Out loud. I want this to start settling into our spirit today as we keep worshiping Jesus. Ready? Go. In view of God's great mercy, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. Now, I want to just point out a few things. Then I'm done. We're going to just worship Jesus today. Amen? Here's the first thing. Worship is my response to God's love. Worship is what? Worship is my response to God's love. Did you notice the verse again? Stay there in Romans and just make some notes in your Bible or your teaching notes. Notice that the Bible says, in view of God's great mercy. In what? If you're going to live a life of worship, if you're going to fulfill the primary purpose for which you have been placed on planet earth, you have to understand and keep in view God's mercy in your life. In other words, it, you have to learn to live life where you, you keep in front of you, and in, the, in the front windshield, if you will, God's mercy, and then you worship as a response of that. What many of us do, come on, am I not speaking to some of you? Many of us actually live our lives looking in the rearview mirror. We live our lives thinking about regrets. We live our lives thinking about hurts and pains in the past. And another way to live your life actually is to understand that the car windshield and the car rearview mirror is a lot like life. If God had intended for you to look through the rearview mirror all the days of your life, he would have made that the big windshield in front of you. 
and he would have had a little rearview mirror for you to actually look forward. But we are to actually look through the future. We are to actually keep into perspective. We are actually called to put into HD quality God's great mercies in our lives and then worship God as a response to that. He creates us. Can I get an amen? He saves us. Can I get an amen? He blesses us. He protects us. He saves us. He forgives us. He redeems us. He puts our name in the Lamb's book of life for all of eternity. He does all these things. And our responsibility is to worship him in response. To just worship God 24-7, 365 once a week, gathering Hebrews says, let us not give up the habit of meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. We love because God first loved us. You know that verse. We love. We worship. We serve because God first loved us. Here's the second thing. Here's the second thing. If you're a note taker, worship is giving back to God. Again, it's all from Romans 12. The first thing I said was worship is my response to God's love, right? Worship is my what? Response to God's love. Here's the second thing. Worship is giving back to God. Romans 12, 1, right? It says in view of God's great mercy, in view of God's great mercy, here, here's the rest of that verse. Offer your bodies as what? Living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. Some of your translations might say holy and acceptable to God. Whenever you give back to God your lives, your body, your song, your tithes, when you give those things back to God, that is worship. It's all worship. It says, offer your bodies. So what do you think about when you come to worship on Sundays? Do you think about whether or not you lock the door at the house? Some of you still do crock pots. My kids can't stand crock pots. I love crock pots. Do you think about whether or not you plug the crock pot in? Do you think about whether or not you're going to get out in time to beat the Baptists and the Methodists and the Presbyterians to the restaurants? Come on now. What do you, what do you actually think about? Do you think about what, what's the pastor going to wear? Do you think about where you're going to be able to sit? Or do you think about God? What you think about in here. Do you, do you, think, do you think about this? What am I going to get out of worship? What, what am I going to get? Now, I understand that. And I think a little bit about that. You want to grow, right? You want to expand your mind. You want to be edified. You want to become a disciple of Jesus. I get that. But can I just remind all of us on this worship concert Sunday that worship like that first sentence in that first chapter of Purpose Driven Life is not about me. Come on. It's about Jesus. It's about what we offer him. Think about this. I got to say this because it's, it's, it's so clearly in the text about offering yourself. You know what one of the most powerful times in a worship celebration is? And we have a tendency not to even consider this worship. The most powerful time in a worship celebration is the actual offering. 
We kind of think it's just something they have, those, those pastor people have to throw in there so they can pay the bills. Offering on Sunday morning is all about worship. Your tithe, this, this, this will be revolutionary for some of you. Some of you tithe out of guilt. Some of you tithe out of, you know, you're just being taught that way, and that's good. Some of you tithe out of habit, which that's good. But I want you to understand from this day forward that your tithe is your worship. Wow. In other words, I would be so bold to say that regardless of what we say in church, regardless of what we sing in church, regardless of anything we do in church, the offering is what we really believe about God. Hello. Think about that when you online give or when you write out a check or you drop a five spot in the offering on Sunday. Think about this, regardless of what I've said today, regardless of what I've done today, regardless of what kind of church mask I've put on. And we're not a church of masks, I remind you. Regardless of all of that, when I click that button or put that envelope in the basket, I believe that is what I really believe. About God. Tithes. As worship. Worship. Is what I offer. Back. To. God. And it never can be fully understood. Hear me. Without looking at it. Through the backdrop of a bloodstained cross. Liz Curtis Higgs was a talk show radio personality. That might ring a bell to you, that name, Liz Curtis Higgs. When Howard Stern was the AM talk show radio show personality, Liz Curtis Higgs, she was the PM personality talk show radio show person. She was a wild woman, if you know what I mean. Howard Stern actually said to her one day, you need to clean up your act. Come on now. If Howard Stern tells you you need to clean up your act, you got issues. She was actually taken to a church one time by a friend who just kept inviting her. Just like I always encourage you to invest and invite. This friend just kept inviting her. She had become so wild and so resentful as a result of men hurting her her entire life. She had been in one relationship after another and her heart had just been broken and broken and bruised to the point that it grew hard. But her friend just kept inviting her. And finally she reached a point in her life for whatever reason. And by the way, people will always reach this point. She said to her friend, okay, I am going to go to church one more time. I'm going to give this God thing One more try. And so she shows up in church and the pastor, wouldn't you know it? I mean, this is crazy. The pastor is preaching out of Ephesians on the fact that wives should submit to their husbands. (laughs) Remember, I told you she was a militant feminist, right? And I underscore militant feminist. And so he starts preaching and she hears that verse and she just like starts to shut him out. But then he preached the second part of that verse. Where it not only says wives submit to your husband. But it says husbands lay down your life for your wife. 
Come on, ladies. I know you don't like wives submit to your husbands, but who has the bigger burden in that verse? The Bible says, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. Christ died for the church. So who's got the biggest challenge there? I'm not sure, but I'm... So let's, let's not proof text men and women. Let's not just focus in on one. The rest of that verse is very, very important. This, this whole marriage thing is a high calling for both spouses. And when he started saying, husbands, lay down your lives for your wife, she leaned in. And that hard heart started to And she actually leaned over to her friend, quote unquote, and she said, well, darn. It'd be easy to love and submit to a man if he laid down his life for me. And in one of those powerfully pregnant moments, her friend said, well, one man has done exactly that for you. And his name is Jesus. And in that moment, Liz Curtis Higgins became a born again believer. Today, she has a Christian talk show and is a Christian author as a result of the power of the gospel and the fact that one man, one God man named Jesus Christ has done exactly that. He has spread wide his arms, laid down his life for you and for me. And as a result, we worship him. Amen, church. As a result, we live with a view of God's mercy and we respond back to him. As a result... We offer our songs. We offer our bodies. We offer our minds. We offer our tithes. We offer our very lives to the one who has given us everything. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, can I get an amen? Amen. Let's pray together. Father, we, we have talked today about the primary purpose of our very lives. God, it is the most important thing, getting to know you and loving you and offering our lives back to you. God, would you help each of us today to take the next step in worship? God, would you help us today to, to not think about The unimportant things, Father, but to actually focus in on what you have done for us. That is what worship is all about, God. We want to place you in the forefront. We want to place you in the throne room position of our lives. We want to see and remember and recall and learn all that you have done for us. But God, then we want to respond appropriately. We want to offer you everything that we have. Because you gave us everything that you are. With all heads bowed and eyes closed at all the campuses. I wonder if you would just say a prayer with me in your spirit. 
You don't have to say it out loud, but instead of listening to me pray, why don't you actually pray this with me? Say something like, dear God, I wouldn't even exist if it weren't for you. Forgive me for all the times I think and I act like you don't even matter. But today, God, I've realized you made me. You made me to love you back, to offer my life back to you, to fulfill this primary purpose in my life. I'm amazed, God, that you long for a relationship with me. I stand amazed, as Liz Curtis Higgins did that very first time, that you would spread wide your arms and die on a blood-stained cross. I don't understand it all. But all I can say is, wow. God, I'm in awe. I'm amazed that the God of the universe would do such a thing. Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me, God, for often not worshiping you. I want to learn how to focus my attention on you throughout my day. I want to learn to love you with a love that you deserve. I want to turn my work into worship. I want to worship you thoughtfully with my mind, passionately with my heart, physically with my abilities. And if you're here and you've never opened your life to Christ. Or maybe you're returning back to Christ. Why don't you pray this short prayer? Jesus, thank you for giving your life for me. As much as I know how, I want to give my life back to you. Let it begin today. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. And amen. Worship is the offering of your body to the Lord. The spiritual service of worship is the offering. Well, worship is what we do when we see who, who God is. Of course, we only ever going to see a little glimpse of that. But uh, the great revelation is in, in Jesus Christ. And the more we see of him, the more it, it evokes worship and draws out uh, really what we're created for, to, to love God. Worship is overcoming that which prevents us from giving glory to God, which is exactly what he made us to do. To me, I think worship is just living for something more than yourself. To me, it's like an opening of your hands, an opening of your heart. Yeah, everyone worships something, or we worship someone. I think worship is embracing what God has done for you and offering it back. Recognizing that God is greater than I am. Doing whatever it is you're created for and, and kind of discovering um, that that purpose in your life. Doing it to the best of your ability. It's not really something you do, more like something that you are. Maybe that is music, but I don't think it is specific to music. I think worship is a way of life. It could be art or accounting or whatever it is. I think living in that out there and doing it the best you can unto the Lord. Worship is the orientation of yourself to something else. And hence, Christian worship is the orientation of yourself to God. Um, to me, I think worship is just your day-to-day -day walk in everything you do, whatever your job is, just doing it unto God. 
Uh, worship to me is about sacrifice. It's about giving a life to God. It's about obedience. It's it's the connection with God and, and kind of doing the things that honor honors Him. You know. Worship to me is giving God His worth, and I believe He's worthy. So therefore, it leads to an abandoned lifestyle, abandoned lifestyle to worship Him. He's the focus of everything. Just something that shows a human connection that actually goes up to God, I think, and, and God can see it as pleasing. I think worship is uh, the response of the heart and the mind and, and the spirit to God's amazing revelation of who Jesus is. We sing songs, we recognize that we're singing about Him. When we write songs, we are writing songs about Him. Worship can either be a very big subject or a very small one, I think. For me, I always remember Colossians 3.23, which says, Whatever you do, work at it with all of your heart, as if working for the Lord, and not for men. Worship songs are songs that point towards Him. Worship life, a life that points towards Him. Whatever it is we're doing, we do it for God, and that's worship. That's what I think worship is all about. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you would like to learn more about the ministries of New Hope Church, please stop by one of our six campuses anytime or visit us online at www.newhopenc.org. If you would like to financially support the movement of New Hope, you can do so by clicking on the e-giving link at the top of our homepage. We hope you'll join us next week. May God bless you and thank you for being a part of our church family.